became the sacrifice Good morning. You know, I've been trying to tell you that one of the things about uh, the hand of God is that he orchestrates what he's going to do. You know, you, you and as you begin to look at Acts chapter 9, now that's important to me because I know that he is orchestrating my life also. You know, he's orchestrating who I am. He He's taking care and doing things that uh, 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 he does in order to uh, watch over his servant here. And you, a servant of the Lord, also need to know that you're not uh, that disconnected from the hand of God. Because this idea of just loneliness, you know, uh, I'm going to sing a blue, 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 blue. I don't want no blue Christmas. You know, I'm not after some type of a sad little song to remember Christmas passes in the, in the guy with the green face. I'm, I'm rejoicing on my Savior this morning. I'm, uh, I'm uh, just burning with uh, desire to please Him and to worship Him and to give Him glory and honor and praise. And, and that is what fills my soul. So, when you read uh, chapter 9 of Acts, I, mean, I want to read some of it because it's sort of a... Acts chapter 9, chapter 10. And, and Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man and one who feared God with all his house, he gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now, that's the personality, the character, who this man is. And so, as you look at these miracles, first, before Peter gets to Cornelius, he gets to Irenaeus. He's paralyzed. From there, he goes back to Joppa. And then, come back to the house of Dorcas. Then, he just goes all over the plains of Sharon, and meets a bunch of people that were related to Benjamin. First Chronicles talks about that these people are descendants of Benjamin. And he ministers the gospel to them. Then he, uh, nine months, nine years after Pentecost, he's in the house of Simon the Tanner working his, his behind off. You know, Here's the apostleship fixing and, and repairing and, and, and cleaning animal skins. That's a school in itself. Suddenly, three people show up in his backyard in the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So if you've been to Caesarea, you're going to really love this because, you know, uh, By the sea, we know the sea. You know, we've been there. Caesarea is a major stop for us every time we go to Israel. And uh, and there is uh, the house of Simon the Tanner. And uh, I told you that the healings were a way to spread the message of the cross. 
eternal with the proclamation of the gospel than the healing of those individuals, Irenaeus and Dorcas. And I think, you know, all of you, you and I, as we grow together in the gospel, as we begin to be disciple in a manner that is deeper and rich and empowered by the Holy Spirit, which is uh, something new in these days, We need to get the idea on how does God does miracles and what he does that is much more important than miracles. Now, there are many variables here. This is a deep, very important scripture. You know, if you look at anybody that knows about the gospel, uh, Acts chapter 10, it is the movement toward the Gentile world. By the Holy Spirit of God. And God orchestrated. Angels were part of it. God was part of it. Angels were part of it. The Holy Spirit was part of it. It's all. God just. (laughs) God just. uh, He just moved on like you won't believe it. He just put it all together. So nothing was going to be missed. Nothing was going to be. uh, uh, How do you say. Forgotten. And so. um, First, he found Cornelius in charge of a hundred men with a large family. You know, Italians, they they come to eat spaghetti. Uh, It's not one or two. It's 30 or 40. And if you look at the scriptures here uh, a a little bit, uh, uh, and and it says on verse uh, 24, chapter 10, and the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, I mean, means Peter arrived in Caesarea, you know, with the three guys that came to pick them up in Joppa. And Cornelius waited for them right down in the middle of the road, had called together his kinsmen and near friends. That's the Italian way, see. You don't eat spaghetti until you got your kinsmen and your friends and neighbors and relatives and, man, meatballs. So, so you, you're, you're talking about a an orchestration of a large family that's been visited by an angel to now meet an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you probably say, if the angel appeared to Cornelius, giving him instructions, send him for Peter and Joppa, why not Cornelius bless his own family and his own house and his own 200 people here and let him just empower the Holy Spirit? Why, why, why Peter? Why Peter? Well, let me ask you this. Why you? See, God can't do it without you. God can't do it without me. In other words, you know, when I talk to Kay Hilliard, I've been trying to tell Kay Hilliard she's a type of Peter. Oh, but I don't have the anointing. I don't have this. I don't have that. Uh, 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 you would say also, I, I, I'm not strong as you, Rick. But that's the way it is. The gospel of Jesus Christ operates from his servants. 
When God is about to do exploits, he establishes spiritual authority over the operation. Now that is enough to wake up a soldier if I ever seen one. And so the idea that only the pastor, only the leader is able to experience the kingdom is shut down to no end because the angel appeared to a soldier. This event that we're going to deal with it today is higher in importance than both the miracles put together. The angel informs Cornelius to send men to Joppa looking for Peter, meaning when God is going to do an operation of some kind, he empowers somebody. I have never, never, never in my life seen God do something without his servants Right on top of it. So what happened in heaven to an angel, to a centurion, to God, to an archangel? Oh, look, 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 look. When God is about to destroy the, the, the walls of Jericho, he sent an angel to Joshua. Why not the angel go over there and destroy the whole thing? Because God works in spiritual authority. You're listening to a prophetic voice. You're listening to a man that's been serving God for 55, 60 years. You've been listening to somebody that God has used mildly in all kinds of places. It doesn't mean that I'm proud and I feel like I'm better than anybody else. But I have to remember that I'm his servant. So when you remember that you are a servant of the Lord and you know that you are a servant of the Lord and you fulfill your the servant of the Lord, God will do powerful things. He needed Peter. He needed Peter. He needs you. This event is important, otherwise the Lord would not have brought up Peter to understand his place. See, Peter is having a tough time on this scripture. You know, twice, Peter, before lunch, goes into a trance. When God has to uh, visit a, 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 a apostle Peter that spent three and a half years with Jesus over lunch, we're talking about something very important. You don't mess up with a prophet's lunch. So Peter goes into trends and God reveals to him that he had what God had cleansed. He should not call common. So before Peter arrives in, in Caesarea, God has to prepare his, his Jewishness. God prepared Peter's heart to living with Simon the Tanner. God sends an angel to instruct Cornelius, and God gives Peter a vision, preparing him to experience the power of the Holy Spirit into hundreds and hundreds of lives, Gentile lives. This is the first time 
that the gospel is about to be given to the Gentiles outside of Jerusalem. So it is a very important event. And I'm saying to you that God will not do anything unless you find somebody committed enough to do exactly what he tells you to do. Still, you know, uh, uh, on verse 19, chapter 10, the Holy Spirit speaks to Cornelius. God speaks to Cornelius. The angel speaks to Cornelius. The Holy Spirit speaks to Cornelius. God is just unloading on this man. I mean, I, he's just getting his attention here. Arise. Get thee down with them. Uh, and I am the one you seek. He told them. Peter said, what is the cause wherefore you are come? Now, I've been thinking about this, okay? When you understand the power of the Holy Spirit of God, and you have been, uh, how do you say, trained and discipled in order to discern people in front of you and be a blessing to them, not yet, how do you say, you're still not yet in control of it all. That's to keep you depended on him to get the job done. Because if he tells you the end of it, then you won't go to Gaza. Then you will not go to, to, uh, to Caesarea. Then you'll not go to Lida. You, you want to know what it is. And Peter is totally kept out of the, out of the connection here. He, he doesn't know. Look, I'm the one you seek. That I know. What is the cause where you, you are coming? An apostle of Jesus Christ who went through Pentecost. What he's supposed to be doing. It's, it's like the disconnection between the power of the gospel and your control of it. The power of the gospel you cannot control. You cannot know everything. You cannot understand everything. You gotta do one thing at a time and allow God to get it done and get out of the way. Get your carcass out of the way. Get it done. Do what you're told to do. You know, a lady came to clean my room. The Lord said to her, give her some money. Well, I, I gave her some money. And then I said to her, Dios lo bendiga. And she looked at me with those beady Mexican eyes and said, muchas, muchas, muchas gracias. That's the first time anybody ever blessed that woman. She's just a laborer, you know. Clean up, get out of the way. But I recognize in her a woman who knew God. Now, her job is to clean the floor. My job is to tell her about Jesus. So by now, as Peter is approaching Caesarea, one thing by now, you are convinced. God, through an angel, 
had to prepare the heart of a soldier. So it's like, you know, on this side, God deals with Cornelius. On the other side, God dealing with Peter. You have to bring, you have to bring Peter and Cornelius on the same, on the same book. And one apostle. See, that's what God is doing most of the time. God is doing most of the time is to find a way to where he brings you to where somebody is. Let me, let me give you an example, okay? Uh, not many months ago, now, uh, uh, a young man came to our office from Asbury Theological Seminary, Randall Cup. And we sort of, uh, we sort of, uh, told him to go to Brazil. And Randall went to Brazil. You know, I don't have, didn't have the money to buy the machines to make bread, so I told the Bible study in Atlanta, give me some money, please, so I can buy these machines. And we bought all the machines. And he began to make bread. Now, the job of that bread is to give to the people who come at 9 o'clock in the morning to eat bread and get the mission and let Rendo and his broken Portuguese minister to them the gospel. You know, he said to me yesterday, well, I heard from uh, emails, uh, we're running out of bread. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> In other words, in other words, people are coming from everywhere to eat that bread. What's so good about that bread? It's, it's, it's loaded with Jesus. My brother, Randall, has become the bread maker, preacher of the gospel. You know, we made panettone. We made, I mean, we made all kinds of fancy bread with fruits in it. I mean, he has actually learned how to deal with a, Dough and how to rise and how to cook. It took a month to learn all of that. It's the same thing. Going to Caesarea is about to meet a lot of people who never heard about the gospel. But you're going to have to be out of your reservations. You're going to have to be convicted of your shortness. You're going to have to take this thing out of your mind that you are not qualified enough. You're not able enough. You're just not a good Christian. And you this, this, and that, and that. I mean, we carry a baggage of trash over our backs night and day. Of the gospel is the dead. So God had to bring Peter to understand. He had to convince Peter to go with those men. That's, that's what it, it says uh, on verse 19. The Holy Spirit spoke to Peter and said, uh, <laughs> uh, go, go, go with them. You know, what am I going to do then? And then when he gets there, he still asks again, what am I doing here? Had no idea. Why those men came for him. 
When the Lord wants to accomplish something important, He needs obedient servants. All I heard was by the machine. I didn't hear dozens of people coming through the door to eat the bread that Renda was going to make. I didn't hear that. I heard by the machines. Are you with me this morning? If you are, would you send a text? Would you send an email? Because I'm, I'm going to make sure that you're connected with me this morning. All of you in Atlanta, all of you in South Georgia, Mary Blanche especially. The Lord wants to get something done through your life. And he needs an obedient servant to do what, if he asks you to do something, you need to do it. When God is leading, you will not explain the whole plan right away. He gives instructions. And so from obedience to obedience to one to three to four, you are... You get the job done. He's not going to tell you everything. Number three, the place of a servant is critically important to the kingdom. Without service, there'll be no victory. Begin to learn how to do bread. And now he's got people coming in. Listening to the gospel. He's feeding them his bread. He's a pastor of the bread machine. And suddenly, a seminary student broke through without speaking Portuguese in the lives of hundreds of people. That's what we're called to do. Now, as preacher approaches Caesarea, you once again ask, I ask, therefore, you have sent for me. It's kept blind to the reason. Why does he, why does the Holy Spirit kept him blind? For the reason of being in Caesarea. Why? You figured that out? The power of the gospel is able now in a few moments to baptize three to four hundred people with the Holy Spirit. When he opened his mouth, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Let me take a look and I'll show you. Verse 34. Okay, here you go. When Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The, the, whole, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. The word I say to you, which was published through all Judea and begun in Galilee, after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit in power, who went about doing good and healing all kinds of oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, 
And we are all witnesses of all these things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, when they slew and hung him on a tree. Him God raised on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, uh, but unto witnesses chosen before God, even unto us who did eat and drink with him after he arose from the dead. Now, when Peter spoke these words, the Holy Spirit fell on them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, which believed, were astonished as a man came and came with Peter, as many came in with Peter, because of that, because that of the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which were received by the Holy Spirit as we are? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and they prayed. And he, and he, and they, and they, and then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Notice that, that they're baptized with tongues first and then baptized with water. That changes everything. He's about to do something. He can do the order and reverse the order and do whatever. Could that be explained to Peter when he was in Joppa? Peter, now, when you get to Caesarea, you're going to do a three-minute sermon. Then from heaven, there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They all begin to speak in tongues. And then what you need to do is to uh, raise hands. And then after you do that, well, then uh, uh, you baptize everybody with water. Now, God's not going to do that. That's the exciting thing about serving the Lord. You just have to just <laughs> play by ear. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, who who knew that a bunch of people would come to eat bread that a seminary two student made? That's just unheard of. They love his bread. He is this. Understand the hand of God in your life. You've got to understand the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and allow, and allow God to do what He wants to do when He wants to do it. Don't force the hand. Don't force the hand and require the, the, the direction of procedures in, 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 in orderly uh, events in order for you to partake of the uh, uh, uh. God is not a Methodist God is not a Pentecostal God is not a charismatic God is love and when he saw the hearts of people all hungry and afraid in, in Caesarea you know all those soldiers and oh my goodness all that family and all, all of them hungry. You know, you could see, you could see Cornelius going outside, kneeling down when he saw Peter. I mean, they were ready. 
So Peter don't have don't have to, to be known and to do. Walk as if you are an explosive TNT dynamite and let God fuse it when he feels like it. When he wants to do it. When he is about to do it. And by the way, all the teachers that are teaching in this channel, I mean, I'm talking about uh, Gene Thomas and I'm talking about David, all everybody, David Nutter, David Formey, everybody. I want to remind you, you are a dynamite in the hands of Jesus. If he wants to explode it, let him explode it. You are preaching to the nations. There are over a hundred nations listening to us. In this channel, 100 nations. You probably say, well, but we're just a small little ministry. Oh, come on now. God is not a small God. God is doing it. As we, you know, Betty's been teaching from Brazil. John is teaching here. John, we're teaching Atlanta tonight. We're just ministering. There's power, power in the gospel. Power, wonder-working power. Of the Lamb, there is power. Power, wonder-working power. Oh, my goodness gracious, there's power. And it's power that is beyond what you think, you understand, you perceive. It's power that makes you do bread, and people come to love the bread. That's power. Okay. Okay, John, did I do right? Amen. Hallelujah. I hope that uh, y'all that are listening to us, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a wonderful Christmas with your family, with your children and grandchildren. And uh, be ready for Cuba, uh, March 2021. We're putting the trip together. And uh, Bishop Ricardo Pereira, says that he can get us visas so he can go to Cuba. And we are about to have uh, the beginning of 2000, uh, 2021, a trip to Cuba. And I hope you'll be able to join us. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord shine his faith today. Be encouraged. Be strengthened. Amen. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me. To every generation, He gives the joy of His salvation. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me. As I watch the world around me, I can see His mighty hand delivering His people from the evil in this land. The wounded and the broken from the seed of Abraham and led them through the wilderness 
into the promised land. In boundless love and mercy, He gave His only Son, who became the sacrifice for everyone. 